hey guys, I have our most popular guest back. Um, I am I am very clear with my intentions. I look at the numbers and see which guests get the most listens, and I have them back again because I want to grow the podcast. What a novel idea. So we have Dr. Jeremy Dinkenback, RSM Sports Medicine. You can find him on the gram. You can find him on his website. But he is the most listened to podcast we've ever had. And so I think this is his third time on the pod. Uh, Dr. Jeremy is also my co-creator and co-teacher of our course, Everything You Should Have Learned in Chiropractic School, or EYSL for short. So we are about to run EYSL 3.0, version 3.0. We're going to be starting it in March. What we are doing is we're doing a pre-release. We're doing a pre-release like we've done before where you're going to save significant amount of money, like five, six, seven hundred dollars to sign up early for the course and, and, and we are going to be teaching an exclusive two-hour live lecture in addition to the course for people that do sign up early. We're going to be teaching a live lecture, an exclusive lecture, specifically for people that sign up early for the course. The lecture will be on, it'll be more in depth. It'll be more information. It'll be absolutely everything you should have learned in Cairo school, but even more, right? So the course is seven weeks. It's two hours each. We're going to add a bonus lecture on that we're going to teach live. We're going to teach live. And so again, I make no bones about why I do this stuff. You make my life easier when you sign up early, so I'm going to incentivize it. Not only are you going to save a significant amount of money, but we're going to give you significantly more value. There will be more details to be released soon, um, but just know, please see the link in the chat or in the description of this. You'll have more information about the course. Um, we, what we're asking is that you just give us your information. You give us the email so that when we release the course, early bird signup, you get first dibs at the course. So there will be a link in the in the description here. And all we're asking is that you give us your information so that when we release the early release course date and info, we have your information. So please just put your name and info in that description, uh, in the chat, uh, in the box there to give us your info so that we can email you with the course info, which will be released in a matter of time. I hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. Jeremy. Uh, He's made significant progress in his practice personally, which is why I partner with him because he's done it. He's done the thing. So our most popular guest ever, we have brought him back again. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the business school for the rehab chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. All right. So we have Dr. Jeremy Dinkin back on the pod. I think it's your third time. And I was just checking the stats before we started. You still, you still have the most downloaded episode of all time in the history of the podcast. So we'll see if this episode can beat your last appearance because you have a heavy burden to lift on this episode. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So you're coming off a vacation in the live event, which we'll get into, which we had in Fort Lauderdale. Um, but I wanted to give the audience, obviously, they're very interested in your story, judging by the downloads. So 
we're in, we're recording this basically February. So we're reviewing a little bit of 2022 and you had an unbelievable year. You won't brag about yourself, but I will. You made almost, I think over a hundred thousand dollars more in revenue in 2022 than you did in 2021. So how does that feel? It feels, uh, you know, obviously it feels really good to kind of see the company go forward and upward. Um, cause when I first started this thing, I didn't know what was possible. I didn't know, I didn't really have like an end financial goal. It was just like, let's just get started and, you know, help people. But when you're in business by yourself, like you said, it gets kind of lonely. And so the last year it was like being surrounded by like-minded people in the group, um, you know, just taking the right action steps and seeing what really is possible, like growing a hundred K in a year, I didn't know was even a possibility for me. And so seeing that happen was, was really cool. And, um, it's, it's really awesome to reflect on because nothing, nothing too crazy changed. It was just getting really good at one thing and getting really focused on like a a system that I actually believe in now. So it was really cool to see that, um, kind of take off. And now, you know, now I'm hungry for more. So just to give the audience context, because I think this is such a huge teaching point and, you know, I think, you know, the audience, whether in school or in practice, we can learn a lot from the lessons you mentioned, just doing like one thing and not doing anything too crazy. And just to kind of take it back, um, most people come into our world and, and in, in chiropractic, it's like, I just have to figure out how to get more new patients. Right. And so going back to your journey, when we first started, the first thing we did was say, all right, let's not really focus on getting more new patients. Let's just make sure that you're being uh, compensated appropriately for the patients that you are seeing. And so that was sort of that first big lever that we turned. And then the second thing that you said was, you know, just getting really good at a system, right? And I'm assuming you're, you're communicating the, the marketing and sales system, but probably more specifically the sales system. So talk to us about that, how maybe the discipline or the realization that I don't need more just yet. I just have to get really good at the thing that I'm learning now. Yeah. So when I first started um, just learning about business in general, I really didn't have like any type of process. So it was just like open up the practice and let's get as many patients as we can. And you know, be a good guy, just, you know, tell people what we're all about, just be fully transparent and hopefully things work out. But as we all know now, there's a lot more to that. And so just um, really taking a step back and actually like dissecting the entire sales process, um, starting with just an introductory phone call and figuring out, can we help that person? Um, getting to know them a little bit more, getting to know kind of why they're reaching out. Um, so built like building in that phone call has been a tremendous help. It's just you know, it's, it's time on the schedule, but it's very valuable time because you get to kind of get the uh, first part of the information stuff out of the way. That way you can focus on like your assessment and um, trying to find out why they're truly in your office during the discovery visit, which is also a crucial part of the process. And yeah, so then, go ahead. Yeah, keep going. Well, from there, um, it's, it's really important to kind of figure out clinically what that person might need. So that also helps with sales. Um, So you can kind of tell them what they need, um, guide them in the right direction. And that makes the selling feel a lot easier. I think that's a, that's a really interesting point that you brought up because, you know, part of our process is we do that first phone call and over time, as you scale, that'll be with uh, an admin or salesperson. And then they come in for that discovery session, which theoretically will be your chance to sort of like, 
quote unquote sell to them, but really we're starting to put them through the paces. And I think what you just mentioned is really important because I think one of the things in the rehab world, a lot of people have very high like morals and standards and so do we. And I always say to them, like that discovery session, if it's 30 minutes one-on-one with the patient before they've paid us money, might be the best thing that you can do because you actually can get a chance to put them through the paces a little bit, put them through some version of a movement assessment, have a good conversation. And then by the time you present them with a plan or what you think or ask them to pay, you can look them in the eye and be very confident, more confident than if you just kind of got them on the phone or they scheduled online and came in and asked them for money to spend. Through that process, you've learned a little bit about them. You can actually make an assessment on them and you can have confidence that, you know, not fully guaranteed, but I do have a really good feeling I can help you and here's why. And so that that thing you're talking about on the front end, I think not only gives you confidence and conviction, but it actually is empathetic towards the patient because they have a chance to see what you're about and they can decide for themselves if it's worthwhile it's, it's worthwhile for them to make that investment in themselves and in, in you so to speak exactly both parties get to kind of absorb some information about whether or not they want to work together which is great yeah and so one of the things that the principles we teach in terms of sales is sales is a lot about empathy it's a lot a lot about trust And so one of the things that we've done is try to build trust into the process because trust happens with time. And if you guys are driving right now, listening to this, that's something to take note of. Trust is built a lot of times through time. And that's why we often slow the process down. So what Jeremy's referring to is taking time on the front end to have a conversation on the phone, to start to build trust, then build more time into the process um, when they come in for that free discovery session, which is a, a sort of a mini eval and session, which obviously we go a lot more detail into, and then bring them back again for a, another session in evaluation treatment, all before you've asked them to spend any large sum of money. And what I hope the audience understands here is the empathy to understand that if you ask someone to spend so much money, you do have to have them trust you and you don't want to come off sleazy. And the best way to do that is to have them trust and put the time in place, which it sounds like, you know, you sort of embraced that process um, over the last, over the last year. And it's paid off in terms of like six figures worth of extra income. Big time. Yeah. I used to just kind of rush everything, which is classically my nature, but slowing down the entire process and building in those phone calls and then building in the discovery visit, which I was doing, but now it's more that the phone call honestly helps the discovery visit become more clear to me because we're getting all of that information prior. And so I'm using that information going into the discovery more prepared. um, And I can give them better answers and a better idea of what the plan of care will look like. So other than focusing on the sales process, um, as you reflect back on the past year of having you know such a successful year, are there are there any other maybe tidbits or, or tips that you thought of like, hey, here's where I've grown, or here's some you know value that I could bring to the audience today? Definitely. So two things. One was being very 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 stingy with my time, and so I was spending a lot of time. Um, well, I was wasting a lot of time doing unnecessary things throughout the day. Even even um, you know simple thing is like a workout right? My workouts weren't um, structured in like a great, in a great way because it would be like, you know, sometimes it would be an hour and a half, two hours in the middle of the day. And for me, that's when I write like my best content. So figuring out like a schedule for myself that was more conducive and better for the business instead of thinking about just like, when can I work out? 
Um, I was now it's more like, when can I work out in a, in this time frame Because I need to focus on the business stuff, which was, you know, 12 to two for me. Um, so figuring out, um, being actually being more structured with my timing and then not letting like the distractions kind of fill in too. like social media can get a little bit distracting. Um, taking unnecessary phone calls can be distracting. Looking at my emails can be distracting. So being very stingy with my time, um, has been a huge game changer for me. And now I'm getting more work done, which is amazing. And I think that definitely played a role and then, um, taking a chance. So you helped me hire, um, you helped me with my first hire, which was amazing. And not only did we do it with one, we did it with two at the same exact time, which I was very afraid of, but I'm happy I took the risk. And um, I, I ended up trying to hire two at once and it ended up working out because one of them didn't work out on the first day. And so it was an easy decision after that. Obviously I'm looking for one and now she's been on the team since October and it's been smooth sailing since then. And she's helping me with a lot of the back end stuff and it's just freeing up again, more time for me to work on the business and uh, go out there and market and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and to bring that back, it's, it's a timely topic for me. I'm reading a book called um, buy back your time right now, which I'll probably start teaching you guys in the mastermind, my learnings of it. And, and essentially the premise of the book, the guy said as an entrepreneur, the number one goal shouldn't be to make more money. It should be buying back your own time. That should be the goal, which is why you hire and why you create systems and all that, that if that's the primary focus, um, it starts to change the, the metric of success. And, you know, again, we sort of shared that in, in different ways and aspects. And then a lot of times it's a challenge to overcome specifically, I think, with our line of work, because it is you do need to spend time with patients to make money. But, you know, long term as an entrepreneur, it is a different conversation. It is a different conversation right. that, you know, buying back your own time, whether that is out of the admin work or the clinical side or the whatever, um, that is the only way that your company will continue to grow. And so the fact that you're sort of starting to see that now, you know, and in my world too, I, I, I've been, I guess, pretty successful at buying my time back out of the clinic, which is great. Um, but now I still get caught up with a lot of the stuff that, you know, we all do email and social, you know, all those different things and kind of looking through a process to, to even hammer it down even more to continually just buy back my time, buy back my time, buy back my time. You know, if you think about um, that idea, most of us live in a world where we work a job. Typically the only way to make more income is to spend more time doing the thing mm -hmm. over time, you know, whatever. But as an entrepreneur, one of the mindset shifts is actually buying back your time is the only way to really make more money. You know, we and Richard Branson have the exact same amount of time. He just has bought his time back at such an exponential level that he's been able to build wealth in a, in a way. He sure, he works, I'm sure, extremely hard, but he doesn't have more hours than us in a day. Right. He just creates more leverage and value with his time. And so you'll probably hear, it's a good preview. Like I said, we'll start really talking about that more in the mastermind specifically as I learn more with that, that I can, that I can share um, with you guys going forward. But, but again, just a really interesting an interesting lesson. Now here's an interesting one. And this is, you know, a, a, a point that I would almost challenge you with Jeremy of a thought process. And it's a very, this is a, so the audience, listen to the question I'm about to ask, because I'm going to ask Jeremy this question and he's going to laugh because it's such a hard question because 
we just talked about this time spiel and all of this, but the question I'm about to ask, he's going to cringe when I say it. However, it's interesting. If I said to you, Jeremy, in 2023, you will make no more money, but you will buy back another 10 hours of your time. Will you, will you be happy with that? Your answer, you want it to be yes, but I promise you it's going to be very painful for you to look at the bank account and say, we didn't grow at all this year, but what's the metric of success? It's a very interesting thought exercise. That is a very tough question. And, uh, you know, when we, when we first started thinking about bringing on somebody to my team, you gave me two options. And like you said, it wasn't good or bad. It's just, it's just one decision or another. And it's like, do you, do you reinvest and kind of take a hit um, on personal financials and reinvest into the business, buy your time back, right? With a new person on the, on the squad that can help you with the things that um, like you have to do on the back end, or do you just milk it, um, squeeze as much juice out of the orange as you can and just try to make as much money as you can by yourself. It's like, there's no good or bad answer. It's just deciding on which one you want to do. And for me, I, I, it was a tough decision because I was both afraid to hire and I didn't know where I kind of wanted this thing to go. But now that I've seen uh, the p- potential with your team and um, just seeing like the long-term vision for my company now, I think that I made the right decision. You know, and, and then the other question is time frame, right? Because it would be hard to argue that with other people on your team that are doing a good job that in the course of three to five, eight, 10 years, that that won't actually make you more money. And so the, the question isn't really like, what will make me more money? It's what's my timeline of success? Because mm-hmm. to your question before, and this is, again, this is a high level business conversation. The way to personally make more money in the next 12 months is to just not hire anyone and take it all right in the next 12 months. But in the next three to five years, we know the long tail of that game. Eventually it, it, there's only so much, there's only so much you're going to be able to charge. There's only so many hours you're going to be able to work. And, and by the way, for the audience out there, and some of them may be listening to this, you know, you, some very quote unquote successful Kairos out there who have really fine practices. That's the game that they're stuck in forever right? They're, they're a victim of their success where they built their schedule up. They're working 32 hours a week and they're booked solid during those 32 hours. And at that point, if they don't expand and grow and they haven't bought their time back with either a new chiropractors or admin team or market, like things of that nature, then that's over, right? It's over. Yep. You know, that's it. And so for me, I've always thought about business in a way that that's actually like, if you really go down to it, that's one of my biggest fears. It's not that I wouldn't like make a decent living, be able to pay my bills. Like I always sort of thought I'd be able to figure that out. It's, it was just that I would get stuck and that's where we get stuck being time poor. So again, it's a really interesting conversation, especially I love having these conversations, especially with a lot of the people that you, that follow you who are students or new grads. And, and you, we all know at that point, it's just like our only thought is just, just make money, make money, make money, which we have to do. But now the maturity of the conversation and the thought process that we're having right now, I think it's great because we're exposing some of the people in school or new grads to a different level of thinking, which is, which is amazing. So, um, I think, I think it's, it's awesome that you're thinking that way. So let's reflect back a little bit. And I'm curious actually selfishly of, of some feedback. So we obviously just had, 
our second live event that was in Fort Lauderdale. We had over 50 rehab chiros. What were some of your takeaways? There were some students there that might be listening, but um, we're having another one in September. But what were some of your big takeaways from this past uh, live event? Um, so I think a big one for me was, uh, I won't mention her name on here because maybe she doesn't want it to be, but uh, a student who's in the student mentorship group um, was afraid to kind of get away from her associate job and go all in for herself. And we spoke there. She, she listened to me talk when I won the, the speed award. And we also spoke one-on-one and just connecting with people like her and like just giving her the confidence and seeing how like willing she was to accept this information. Um, it, it was very cool. She messaged me literally like three days after we, she got back and was like, I was supposed to do this in February, but I was so eager to do it. Uh, I told my associate associate um, clinic that I was cutting that cutting back my hours, and now I can focus more on my own business. And I'm so excited. I was so scared to do it, but after talking with you guys and being there all weekend, she's like, I I just had to do it. I felt it in my in my heart, and it was so cool to just witness that. Is like now on the other end of it because that used to be me. It's very cool to see students now taking action and seeing uh, what they want to do long term and actually taking taking the right steps to do that. That was, that was one very cool takeaway. Can I interject? Uh, yes, sir. So I have another one, actually. You, you don't know this. Um, it just happened last <laughs> night. So Hannah, who obviously you know, she presents with me. She's our marketing director. She's amazing. She sends me, we do weekly emails, so she'll send me an email about a reflection. And I don't, she won't mind me sharing this because it's a really good lesson. She emails me and she says, so she's getting married in June and She works for us full time. She was a college swimmer. And so one of the things she does on the side is she coaches swimming. And months ago I approached her and was like, listen, like, I know you do it on the side. Like I can use you here more. I'd like you to focus here more, but obviously do your thing, whatever you've earned that right to kind of do it. And she's like, you know what? No, we have a lot of reasons. I'm going to keep doing it. So get an email last night, a couple of days after live event. She said exactly what you just said. I heard so many people speak. I was so inspired by them quitting their side hustle, just focus on the thing. She's like, I'm finally ready. I'm done with the side gig. I realized that the the mental, the whatever that it was costing me, I was unhappy doing it. I wasn't focused on where I need to be. I wasn't good. Where I, I wasn't in a place I wanted. It was, wasn't worth it anymore. I'm done. And so wow. for her, even my team, her learning from all of you guys as well, the other 50 there. And she found herself in other people's story and it gave her the encouragement and the, you know, the wherewithal to say, even though I said I was going to do this through June, through my wedding, it's like, it ain't worth it anymore. I'm not doing it. And she came to that realization similar to what you're talking about at the event. And, And what I think is so amazing is the power of that being in person because she works with me every day. I've been preaching that shit for years. (laughs) <laughs> but for her to hear it from other people and to get it in person and to have those conversations, it's just different. It just hits different. It really does. And seeing the people in person, I'm sure it was, uh, it, it was, how do I explain this? It was just like, you put a face to it, right? Like you, you're, you realize that that person is like an actual human because we do a lot of these calls online and meeting these people and getting to know them a little bit better was so, it was awesome for me. I think that was my favorite part was just meeting people kind of hearing their story, seeing how they act uh, in real life. And it was really fun. I I really enjoyed that part of it too. Good. Any other takeaways? Yeah. So 
I think, you know, getting to like kind of what we were teaching um, or what you were teaching was like making sales fun and introducing like story time, like having a story is something that I really uh, took to heart because I, I sometimes forget to do that. And I think it's a very important part of selling to like, like you just said, finding yourself in a story. Um, I think that that can really help somebody kind of understand the patient experience and they can find themselves in that. And hopefully, you know, that helps with the sales process as well. And I, I definitely need to do a better job of that and things like that. Uh, learning like that, learning that stuff in, in those live events really helps and gets me going, gets me fired up. So just to give, again, the audience context, there's something, and you can Google it, it's called The Story Spine. And they were sort of made famous by Pixar. Uh, it's from movies and Harry Potter. I mean, you name a movie, Finding Nemo, those are some examples that I used, that there's a very common structure to storytell. And the premise of my two hour, obviously in the 30 seconds here, I won't do it justice, but the premise was simply that we live in a world where from, from birth to death, we tell stories and we resonate with them and they help teach lessons. And basically my idea and the premise was, can we take our storytelling that we all are accustomed to and that we've experienced as consumers, as customers at that level, and then can we figure out how to translate that to healthcare? and conversations and stories about patients and for patients, helping a patient find themselves in someone else's success so that rather than just telling them, we can tell them a story that they can hopefully find themselves in. And so, again, just to give the audience an example for you guys that have kids or, or nephews or anything like that, um, you know, imagine imagine you're reading a book to your, to your son or your daughter and, and they went to school and they got bullied. And they come home and they're upset and you can to tell them like, Hey, you know, it's okay. You don't get bullied, blah, blah, blah. But oftentimes the best thing to do is if you find a book that tells a story about a kid who also got bullied and how he or she overcame that, most likely your, your son will resonate much more with that story. Now, the interesting thing about being an adult is that we are just generally kids with bigger problems, we would respond the same way as your son would in that like we would resonate more and learn a lesson from hearing the story and then finding ourselves in that story rather than just being like dad saying, don't worry about it. Like that doesn't work so well. And so again, the idea of that story spine, which looked that up if you're in the audience um, was something that I thought would be very, very helpful and valuable. And it seems like you, you know, you for sure weren't the only one to give that feedback. So I'm, I'm super happy that um, it resonated in that way. All right. So now let's go, let's fast forward a little bit. So obviously we've run our student course twice, everything you should have learned in Cairo school, but didn't. Um, and we are getting ready to launch 3.0. So EYSL 3.0, everything you should have learned 3.0. So give me some takeaways. Give me some thoughts on what you've learned yourself from doing this course now twice. Well, teaching definitely helps me refine my own skills. So that's been, um, you know, a huge bonus for me. And then, you know, finding myself, um, in these student stories as well, like <laughs> full circle, um, just seeing, you know, people's eyes light up in the course when they're like, wow, like I didn't know any of this stuff was even possible. That's been a, a huge takeaway for me and kind of motivating and, you know, fulfilling for myself. Cause I never thought that I'd be teaching business to be honest, like five, six years ago, I would have been like, no way. Um, so now here I am with you teaching, um, the younger generation, let's say the people coming out of school, 
it's it's very cool because we still are a very small percentage rehab pyros, and um, you know we live in a bubble, but we realize I realize that it's it's still very uh, it's a very small niche still, and so seeing the seeing the students just see what's possible and be inspired by you know us and learning new things that can help them run a successful practice, that's been a huge um, eye opener for me, and actually. It inspired me to kind of go more into this side of things with you. I, I, you know, originally when you asked me, I was like, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's cool. I'll do it on the side or whatever. But I've taken it much more serious now that I see the potential in, you know, helping all these people see what's possible and, and actually take action. Like we were talking about the one girl before, um, you know, that this course might have changed her life and the trajectory of her career, which is something we don't take lightly at all. And it's really cool to see. So. Yeah. And uh, I, I I think that's a great level of feedback and people have asked me now, and you know this, like, how do I become Jeremy? How can I help you teach as well? And I said, well, the first thing is you have to be able to build the thing. Right. Right. And so like, I'm not asking you to teach with me if your business was terrible. And so you've spent the last years putting your head down and doing it, taking action to grow the business, right? It falls on deaf ears and it's very hollow if you teach something and things that you aren't doing. And I'm very well aware of that. Um, So that I think is step one. And the fact that you've had the growth that you've had, I think is, is really, really outstanding. And, And I think I think it's such a we it's such a gift for us. And you mentioned it before, like when I see students sometimes it takes me back to where I was. Because every time that we learn something new or we kind of elevate ourselves in business, you kind of that's your new normal and you sort of forget what it used to be like. So when I talk to my staff sometimes, I'll share stories about potential clients or people in the group and maybe what they're charging, what their price is, or something they've a decision they've made in business. And oftentimes my staff's reaction is they almost like chuckle or laugh, like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing that. And what I always say is don't laugh because we've all been there. You know, we're all have absolutely been there and without the right guidance and support, um, we would just continue to be there and then we'll perpetuate that time and time again. And part of the coaching that we do, whether it's a student group or the mastermind group is like, hey, it doesn't have to be that way, number one. And number two, stop the freaking madness, man. Like, why are we doing this? We're eating ourselves. We're eating our young. We're not even making it ourselves. And then we get frustrated about the profession and the school and and different things like that. But at some point, someone's got to step up and say, it doesn't have to be this way. It does not have to be this way. But we've got to make that decision together to kind of learn and grow. And so you used the word before, um, the idea of showing people what's possible. And I think if we do nothing else, if we can just help someone understand that it actually is possible now, they can screw it up and they might not take our advice, but we now have enough evidence of success, hundreds, literally hundreds of rehab chiros that have done what we've told them to do and have had wild success beyond any of our dreams that we know that it can be successful. And if we just have the ability to show you what is possible, I think we've done our job. Definitely. And I've, I've seen, um, you know, both ends too. I've seen the, the high volume, you know, charge less, but you're seeing 80 people a day. And I've seen people be wildly successful with that. And I've seen people be unsuccessful with that as well. And then on the rehab side, the frustrations happen because they want to spend the time with people, let's say an hour, 45 minutes, but they're charging what the guy who's uh, doing 80 patients a day is charging. So it doesn't add up. 
and having the awareness of like seeing actually what is possible in terms of one hour of sessions and package package deal type things. Um, most people don't even see it that way. And I didn't either. I used to do the one-off sessions when I first started out. I didn't really know that there was, you know, structure. I didn't know why we would do packages. I didn't know like the why It's just like, let's just get started and let's just help people. And when you think of it that way, um, like just one-off and stuff like that, it's really just, it's, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting the patient. And same thing with the 80 people a day. Like what can you possibly get done in two minutes? That's going to help that person throughout the week or the month or forever. Not much. So, so I want to ask you, you're talking to a student now or someone that's a new grad and they're looking at potentially like traits or qualities that they need to have or they need to exhibit, right? And so you know that for me, the value is speed of execution, courage to make a decision, and then consistency. So that, those are things for me. But for you, if a student called you tomorrow and said, hey, like, I want to I at least get that level of success that you've had, what are some things that you would say, hey, here's what you need to do. Here's who you need to be. Here's the traits that I think you need to display. What would you say? Wow, that's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, first off, self-belief. I think that's a big one because a lot of people act like they have that. And when you, you know, put them in the, in the ring, so to speak, they kind of crumble. And so having that self-belief, I think, is definitely number one for me. How do you and build I feel that? like... That's tough. As a leader, um, you know, putting people in good positions, kind of like a coach in, in sports, building that person up and giving them things that, you know, they feel kind of confident with, but also being able to challenge them as well. I think that's a way to do it. Um, and then as a leader, you kind of show by example, kind of what's possible um, and by your actions. So hopefully that they see what you're doing and they're like, okay, like this is what this is what, you know, my leader's doing. I feel like I should follow suit. That's definitely um, something that could help with self-confidence. So and then I think, let me just, let me oh. just interrupt you on that. Cause I think it's an important point here. You know, that I've mentioned this about you before I joke about it, but it's true. I heard it once. It's like almost everyone has, everyone's got some sort of demons. It's the successful ones use them in a positive light. It's to just think you're going to be like without demons, we're going to have trouble but I've always joked with you. It's like whenever you see someone doing something and you're not, it like literally pisses you off to the point that you'll take action on it. And <laughs> I think that that's a, I don't know if it's internal or like a realization or, or a decision to make, but I think it's very valuable for the audience to hear that because there are other people that would see someone doing something that they aren't and they would get down on themselves and they might sort of get into it, go into the tank and do the opposite of taking action mm-hmm. and not do anything. And um, I was listening to something the other day with a, a sports psychologist and they were, he was sort of making that same point in that it's like at some point in your life, you just have to sort of accept who you are and then almost work off of that. And he was saying like, you, you, at some level, you're never gonna be able to change someone. So realistically for Jeremy to stop being pissed to feel whatever it is, lesser than or whatever, probably not going to happen. Fine. But the fact that you've been able to channel that and put it in a positive direction that'll move your business forward or yourself forward, that's actually, in his opinion, what the most successful people do. And so I think for the audience out there to kind of look at that and say, 
what are the things that sort of get you upset or get you going? And how do you respond after that? Do you go in the tank? Do you kind of think, oh, I am not, I'm not good enough. And because of that, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to take action. I don't deserve it. Or like in Jeremy's world of like, I am pissed and I do deserve it and I should be doing this. Why am I not? And I'm going to go fix the problem. I think that that's a huge point. And as I understand sort of the human psychology a little bit more, uh, hopefully that gives some more context to, you know, what I see, you know, in your situation of of why you have had that success. Uh, What else? What other traits? I think that's what makes you, I think that's what makes you, side note, um, a really good mentor for me is because you know which buttons to push. And, uh, (laughs) and so, yeah, like when you have, when I have my back against the wall and like, or I, like you said, like somebody's doing something that I feel like I could be doing. Um, those are super motivating and inspiring for me because I, again, I'm going back to like the self-confidence thing. Like I have this internal belief, um, and confidence in myself. And if I feel like somebody's, you know, doing something that is easily attainable, then I'm going to try and do my best to kind of do that. And it makes me really upset when I'm not doing it. And so it's yeah. kind of like that, that, uh, combination there. And so the next point of the conversation, actually, and this is, I think it'll be valuable that this guy was talking about. He's like, the people that have the most success in life, they have what you have, but they also know how to turn it off when necessary. Mm-hmm. Because there'll always be someone that's better, more, whatever. And again, it's good until it's not good. And then it drives you insane, whether it's a right. finance thing or the business thing or whatever. And so, again, I thought that was an interesting point of like, you use it. But do you have the self-control to turn it off? Because at some point we all know, and it, you know, it's a horrible example, but we all know a lot of people that we would look at that are very successful, air quotes, and make a lot of money, air quotes. And unfortunately, they are miserable, depressed. Sometimes they even do crazy things, unfortunately, and, and worse than that. Um, and so maybe they don't have that ability to sort of turn that off and play that comparison game. So again, I just thought it was an interesting point and lesson to, to, to finish that thought. So keep going. Hundred percent. No, I think that that's also super important because I did find myself like just twenty four seven and probably like just second year of practice, just like go 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 go. No, there was no like there was no self awareness to kind of dial it back, and um, you know that does lead to like you know higher stress levels and stuff like that. So having the self awareness to turn it down and then turn it all the way up when you need to to be efficient, I feel like that's that's a much better way to go about it. Excellent. Really, really good. All right. All right. So to wrap this thing up, it's 2023 right now. Um, what, what, what do you think would make your year successful for, for Jeremy? Do we get to this time next year? What does 2023 have to look like? Um, so I feel, so we just got a new room in the gym. So I have a second room now, which was very exciting. Uh, we're slowly building that up into like an admin type of office for now slash recovery lounge. Um, But I think, you know, now that I've hired one person, I'm kind of eager to hire a second. And so I think making my second or third, even third hire potentially, building out the office in the gym that I'm in, uh, making it a little bit nicer, making some tweaks and stuff. um, I think that's, you know, this year's, that's kind of my goal is building the team, getting cool people and good people on the team. um, It's very important to me. So I want to keep building RSM and then eventually hiring a therapist. Um, I just got my first quote unquote toy. So I'm excited to see how I can use that in practice and kind of 
um, use it as marketing as well to see what we can do with that and continue to build the practice. I want to keep total, total revenue wise. I want to keep going. I want to keep doubling. Um, we've had crazy growth in the past two years and I want to just keep, uh, I don't want to let the foot off the gas pedal there. And yeah, I feel like that's my goal. Build the team now that I'm committed to it and go full speed. Good. I think that's, that's awesome. And so, um, Guys, if you're out there, we will obviously be launching the course soon. Uh, so please keep an eye out for that. We will have more information and we will make it very uh, incentivized for you to sign up early with a lot of different ways, not only saving money, but also with some special bonuses and goodies uh, as well, just to get you to get you on board. So it's going to be, as always, Dr. Jeremy and myself uh, teaching this and we've had great success already. And so as I always ask, you know, why not you? Why not you? Jeremy, this was fantastic. Any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts is I'm very excited for this third uh, course. So hoping everybody listens to this and takes something away from it and then makes a decision to change their life and change their career path. So very pumped up for that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time and I know the audience will as well. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, The Rehab Chiropractor's Checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you.